This is the SEO Mindset Podcast with your hosts, Sarah McDowell and Tasmin Sullivan. This podcast is for SEO professionals and each week with the help of our wonderful guests, we discuss the important stuff that actually affects our careers and progression, but sadly often doesn't get talked about. You know, the invaluable soft and interpersonal skills that are often taken for granted, such as the skills we need for listening, time management, communication, and more. We also talk about the big issues that affect us and our careers, such as burnout, imposter syndrome, self-belief, saying no, plus other big issues and obstacles. With this podcast, we want to share knowledge on topics that unlock our listeners' true potential and enhance not only their careers, but all parts of their lives. So are you ready to prioritize your own personal growth and career development? Then let's crack on with this week's episode. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the SEO Mindset Podcast. In this episode, I'm so excited, we're going to be talking to Nick Gemetta about the important topic of managing stress. Now Nick is a digital and well-being consultant, he's a speaker and a campaigner. We've known each other a few years now, but Nick, for everyone else, could you tell us a bit about your background and story? Of course, hi Tasman, it's really great to be here. So I'm Nick Gemetta, I'm the founder of a business called Stories Matter and Stories Matter has been born out of the last probably 15 years of my life where I've been focused primarily on creating digital products and working in technology enabled businesses. But four years ago, I opened up about my own mental health and I opened up about my journey of living and now thriving with anxiety. And that's taken me on an incredible adventure where I now talk and campaign for mentally healthier workplaces and mentally healthier societies. And I have my own experiences, funnily enough, of work stress. So it's a real pleasure to be here. I remember um, you were talking about it in in um, the corporate world at Argos. I was, yeah. You know, I, I really saw a need to open up the conversation about mental health in some of the businesses that I've worked in and the business that in which we met. And it's a topic that, you know, I think is evolving. And I think there is more recognition as we come out of the pandemic that this is an important topic, but I think there's still so much more to do. And it's conversations like this that start to open up the safe spaces in which people can start to be more honest with how they're feeling. Absolutely. I remember that day, Argos, when you launched um, the Mental Health Initiative and being part of the audience, what really took me by surprise is seemingly... um, you know, together people, put together people, strong people, people with high rank within the business, suddenly were open to being vulnerable about the issues that they'd face. And it was so refreshing. It just felt so able. I felt able then to have conversations. So it's it's brilliant what you're doing. Thank you. And, and thank you. You know, it's, it's been a pleasure to get to know you and to follow your own journey. And I think, you know, one of the things that you talked about there, which to me is super important is we all have individual responsibility for our well-being, which includes how we manage our stress, but there is an organizational responsibility. And part of that responsibility, to your point, is about positive role modeling and about leaders stepping forward and demonstrating their own vulnerability so that it empowers everyone around them to be equally vulnerable as and when they feel that's appropriate. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Nick, you know, this is a huge topic, but could you talk us through what what is stress? 
Yeah, as you say, Tasman, it's a, it's a huge topic and everyone's experience of stress will be different. But I think it's important just to start with, you know, a baseline so that we're all on the same page. So, you know, stress is our body's natural response when we sense danger. And we all experience stress and stress is a normal part of life. And I think it's important to say that stress isn't necessarily negative. You know, our body can can use stress and we can feel stress, but use that as a positive. It can motivate us. It can help us manage pain or you know, it can it can inspire us to achieve things that we thought we couldn't do, you know, tasks and ambitions like running marathons. I think the issue with stress, though, is that if there's too much stress and if the triggers around the stress are particularly negative and if it's left unmanaged, if it's left unchecked for long periods of time, that's when it can start to interfere with our lives. And that might start as, you know, life feeling a bit more difficult, life feeling a bit more challenging, life feeling a little more tiring but when stress starts to become more more challenging and um, scary for a lot of people I suppose is when you know it can feel very overwhelming and it can make us feel unable to cope and it can actually start to impact our health both both physically and mentally and that I think is you know the area in which it's worth exploring because that's where we want to try and help people to to avoid getting to because I know from personal experience how that can feel because it can feel really paralyzing can't it you know you've got all of these things to do or even one big thing to do but you're unable to to even mentally comprehend how to break that down absolutely I think you know the way in which stress will manifest itself will be different for different people. You know, the way that stress feels for you and I will be, be different. The way our bodies react might be different. The way we behave might be different. But there are some universal truths. You know, to your point, it can feel paralyzing. You may feel overwhelmed. You know, your body might react in ways you hadn't expected. You know, When I was under extreme work stress, it started as mental stress. So it started with overthinking, not being able to concentrate, but that soon manifested itself with headaches with stomach cramps with a feeling of being distant when I was around my family and I think the most severe manifestation of it for me was when I started having heart pains and getting heart pains at any point in your life isn't far from ideal but when you're 38 and you're getting heart pains you know that really put my own stress into perspective. I think it's um, for me it was recognizing that different people are different I know it sounds so so normal to say it but then translating it into well this is a situation this is a project we're working on and the way I manage it manage the stress of it will be different from somebody else and how I feel it will be different so I'm one of these people that want to do things far in advance I don't want to be um, under a lot of pressure at the at the finish line I know sometimes it's inevitable but for me, it is pre-planning, chipping away at it. And that's how I work. But other people don't work like that. And I, I feel almost my way isn't isn't the glamorous way. There, there is a certain glamour painted to on people who can can dive into a situation and say, oh, you know, I thrive on, on stress. And um, sometimes I used to feel like, I wasn't good enough to be able to do that. It took me a while to realise I was just different. Yeah, and I think that's such an important reflection. And you know, thank you for for being open and honest and sharing that because I I feel like my approach is more akin to yours. But I think I've had to learn 
how to manage situations that can feel stressful where the pressure's on and where maybe someone else's actions have put you know pressure onto me without it necessarily being something I can plan for Mm. I I try to embrace the sort of messy chaos of life and I recognize that there are many things I can control and where I can control them the approach I take is right for me just like Mm. the approach that you take is right for you but I think there are so many uncontrollables over time I've had to learn how to let go of those or at least how to manage my response to those things and I think that is a a key skill that we could all benefit from in terms of managing our stress levels because life will have its ups and downs and we can't control the behavior of other people and how that might impact us what we can control is how we build our resilience how we build our coping strategies and how we consider how we might respond to those triggers and to those moments in time that might um, provoke our stress reactions that's such a good point actually about um you know the the messy chaos of life because I also recognise that I, um, in big chunks of my life, almost had created this controlled atmosphere where I, I was able to fit that those situations around the way I worked best. But then family life changed, family life became big, you know, there are more people in the family and the individuals that came into my life were far more fluid and it took me a long time to be able to deal with that, you know, even something as simple as having people around for dinner, I wanted it, I wanted to know what time it was going to start, what time it's going to finish, what we were going to do, and slowly being able to, like you say, recognize the bits I could control and let the rest just flow. Yeah, I mean, it's it sounds so simple, but when your natural inclination is the reverse of that which is to be very pre-planned which is to gather all the information up front and I know what that's like you know as I said at, at, at the top that I live and I thrive with anxiety and one of the ways in which my anxiety manifests itself is the need to control but you know you realize that as much as you want to create control in your life there's so much that is out of your control and I've learned like you said to let that go and to let it flow because you know I've tried to be in situations where I control every variable every input every individual and in the end you realize that it's like pushing water up a hill the only person expending energy and you know expending that precious uh, commodity of time is you and for me I've had to recognize that you know, my life is too short to be spending my energy in ways which, frankly, aren't going to serve me or aren't going to serve my family. That's so true. I feel also sometimes when um, people around me would say what what to them were very helpful remarks. For me, I found it difficult to absorb things like, oh, you know, you should just relax more or just go with the flow more. It was me having to learn how to do it. Those those um, comments sometimes didn't feel helpful and that just then added to it but it was then taking a step back and thinking okay they are saying these things to help me let's put the emotion to one side what are they saying that actually I could take on board yeah and again I think that that's a really useful reflection because it it is very easy sometimes to take the things that people say loaded with whatever emotion we're feeling or whatever emotion we we believe they're trying to portray but if you can strip that back and look at the intention 
Mm. I think that is another critical skill in actually helping us manage not only our mental health, but our stress levels. Do you understand the intentionality, the perspective with which people are giving you feedback or engaging in, in a conversation with you? you can choose and you can apply filters around how much of that content is genuinely trying to help and to you know give you opportunities to learn and to grow and, and how much of it frankly can be parked or forgotten or or ignored because I don't believe that everyone's perspective on our lives should be held with equal weight because there are some people out there that won't have the right intentions and for me those engagements and those conversations can be managed in a way that, that doesn't just increase your stress levels. Absolutely. And and you used a very, very important word there, perspective. It's it's critical in those situations when you're feeling stressed. It is, and it it's one of those those things that sounds so simple, but when you're in the middle of a stressful situation, getting perspective can be quite difficult. And that's where I employ quite practical strategies you know if I'm feeling stressed or in a certain situation or I've just had a certain conversation rather than sitting stewing on it you know go and do something else go for a walk uh, go to the gym you know, do something that helps you relax and, and and helps you you know naturally and physically find a way to you know unwind and to take away the intense pressure of that situation because i think sometimes the only way to get perspective is time and space and the change of scenery i think those three things combined can really allow you to understand the the perspective of, of, the, of the particular narrative so it leads into um the next area we wanted to talk about which was how we can manage stress and you and i were talking about um this this conceptualization of the stress container that mental health um, England promote. Um, do you want to just talk us through, or do you want me to talk us through the stress container? Yeah, why? Why don't you, Teth? And I'm sure I'm sure you'll do a far better job than me. <laughs> do you know what it, it is? Uh, I will explain it as you know in my very simple way. I, to me, it is um, imagining a container. And that container is the amount of stress I can hold. And I recognise, and because through teachings from, from Mental Health England, that depending on what your situation in life is, that container will either be bigger or smaller. So, for example, during a, um, a time of, say, work pressure or you know, bereavement, that container will become smaller. So I know that the amount of stress I will be able to deal with is reduced. But if life is, you know, hunky-dory, no big challenges on my plate, that container expands. So that's the size of the container. Then the container then gets filled, drop, 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 with whatever stress is in life. And it could be, you know, from school runs or work pressures or you know just getting a dinner on the table that's usually my most stressful <laughs> in the day are we can have for dinner oh no um that all drips into the container now if it drips too much and overflows that's not a good situation that's much what we've been talking about so far you know the anxiety and then how that manifests but each container has a tap 
So you have the ability to release some of that stress. And there are good ways to release it, stress and not so good ways. And, you know, not so good ways are things like alcohol, nicotine, caffeine, getting angry. Um, and, and then there are better ways of managing those stress levels. I think for for me, and, you know, Nick, maybe you can help me out with some positive ways you mentioned the exercise and getting away from the situation what other good ways are there to manage your stress levels yeah so firstly great job Tasman on explaining <laughs> the concept I think that's great and I think you know, to me the size of the container can also be affected by our resilience levels oh yes of and how we build our resilience levels I think can directly affect whether the container is a bit bigger or a bit smaller so you know, resilience to me is very much baked into this whole conversation. I talk a lot about coping strategies and you know, some of the positive coping strategies that I use, and I should be clear that they won't work for everyone. I, I think it's very much about experimenting. And there is no magic wand. I really wish there was, but it, it's so unique to every individual situation. But some of the broad themes and topic areas that, that work for me, as I said, getting outside is definitely one of them exercise is as close to a magic wand as I've found the, the feeling of you know exuberance and joy after I've exercised is is pretty much unparalleled as an example I haven't exercised for two or three days and I can I can already feel the effects of it, it both physically but more important mentally and I know that the next time I get to exercise which I'm hoping will be tomorrow morning is going to be a bit of a release of, of the tension that's starting to build up but then there's loads of other things we can do you know it's the human connection it's getting dinner ready uh, and having dinner with your children maybe getting your children to help you make dinner as a as a way of actually you know reducing the stress of that situation listening to music watching a film writing poetry playing with lego you know, i absolutely love building lego I've, i'm sat here with a star wars millennium falcon it's it's almost i think it's just over 1300 pieces and you know just doing a bag of that a night over a period of of probably two two or four weeks was a great stress reliever for me and all those things to me are positive ways in which in which we can manage our stress and to your point you know I don't think we're sat here saying don't have a glass of wine or don't have a cigarette but it's it's where those things become more habitual or where you're overdoing those things that you're going to start to see the more negative consequences of those kind of coping strategies absolutely you know if those things um you know having a glass of wine gives you joy you're having sharing it with a friend, a partner. It's very different to having to reach out to it to to cope. Yes, agreed. But I think one important thing you said was it doesn't. The same things won't work for everyone. So, for example, um, a few years ago, we were in a situation where somebody had passed away, and my husband's family will get a lot of joy and relieve the stress by being with each other. And I started noticing it actually that was helping me to a point. But I also know that I, I need time on my own. So though we were going through the same situation of bereavement of a loved one, we were in the same situation of spending time with, with extended family. For him, it released the stress, but for me, it increased it. So it's for me then to have an open, honest conversation with him saying, actually, I need a little bit of time on my own. And you mentioned um, the Lego and the poetry. I think, you know, creativity, whatever form it is in, 
is such a stress reliever, be it gardening or colouring in or writing or playing music or, you know, building something like the Lego. Everybody will probably have some creative thing that they get joy from. So that that's a really, really good one. And there are things that, you know, seem so simple, but yet, you know, I meet so many people in the work I do where, you know, some of the suggestions I make are quite revelatory. And I think it's because sometimes we can overcomplicate the subject. You know, I think it is important that, like I said, we experiment, we build our wellbeing toolbox or our wellbeing first aid kit. But I think it's also important to recognise, and again, I know from personal experience that there is only so far some of these coping strategies and these mechanisms to manage your stress levels can take you. And I do think that, you know, neither you or I are, are medical professionals, but we understand the power of signposting. And we understand that when your stress levels get to a, a point over an extended period of time where you're not able to manage the stress and where it manifests itself in some of the ways that I described earlier, you know, there are situations and times where the best thing that you can do is to reach out to a medical professional. And again, I think that's quite scary for a lot of people. I know for me, when when I picked up the phone to the doctor, I picked it up with a lot of hesitation and a lot of reservation because you know I felt like I might be judged for phoning the doctor. I was worried that maybe I didn't need their help and that maybe I was wasting their time. And this is coming from someone that campaigns to create a mentally healthier society. So I understand for anyone else listening who might be feeling like this, it is a difficult step to take, but in some situations, and certainly in the same situation I was in, it was a complete game changer in how I was able to manage my stress levels in a more healthy way. And, you know, just knowing that you're not alone on that journey is is so liberating because before that it can feel really scary, very dark, but being, you know, if you've if you make that phone call and reach out to the professionals who are trained and are able to help you, like you said, it's a game changer. Yeah, and, and that and that feeling of not being alone sort of sits at the heart of podcasts like yours and the content that, that, that I'm sharing. You know, there is still a stigma, whether we like to admit it or not, and the stigma is, is definitely reducing with these kind of conversations. But talking about stress, acting on stresses being proactive with our mental health being confident in setting our boundaries in the workplace and pushing back on people or situations that overstep those boundaries you know, there is still shame stigma embarrassment around the topic and i don't think there needs to be because if if we were sat here on a podcast talking about how you manage a broken leg or how you manage a headache you know i'm not even sure that you'd be able to make an entire podcast episode on it so I hope that these kind of conversations will start to, over time, change the narrative, because that's one of the things that motivates me is changing the narrative for my children. Now, I can't protect them. We were talking about it uh, before the recording. You can't protect them and shield them their whole lives. But being able to equip them in the right way, with the right knowledge, you know, with the right approach to life around this kind of ongoing, lifelong learning, experimentation and growth, I think will put the next generation in a far better position than we probably found ourselves in. Because I feel like, speaking for myself, I'm very much playing catch up with all of this in a, in a later period of my life. I feel, you know, this is one of the reasons why we have put together this um, podcast, because there are lots of podcasts on how to get better in your SEO career. And they talk about, um, be it valuable skills, you know, um, 
how to project plan, how to manage your time, how to do the more strategic elements of building a great career. And they are 100% they're valuable. But underneath this all, if you have a great mindset, if you have resilience, if you have um, coping mechanisms and, you know, like you said, a mental health first aid kit, that's going to carry you forward in your career, in your relationships, in your in your life. And that's where the real growth is. And that's where the real benefit is. And for me, that's I'm so passionate about talking about those sorts of topics. Likewise, we, we we certainly share that passion. And I think, to your point, those softer skills and those skills where we get to know ourselves and where we set our boundaries and where we develop coping mechanisms and we build our resilience, I think that's the secret sauce and that is a focus that all of us should be spending more of our time on. And they're the things I wish I knew when I started my career. And that's why I pour so much of my time into this topic now, because I want to inspire the next generation, the current generation who haven't had the opportunity to develop these skills, to to spend the time, to be demanding of themselves, to be demanding of their employers, to to make time for something that you know may not be as easy to pin down as you know a technical SEO course, but is of no less relevance and equally is, is probably more important to your point earlier. This, this transcends your career. These, for me, are about life skills. Yeah, 100%. Well, we, we have almost run out of time, Nick. We've, um, and, and I feel like we've just touched the tip of, of this conversation. I think there's so much more to, to be spoken about, to learn and, and to absorb. So maybe we'll, we'll do another, another episode in the next series. I'd love to. It's, it's been a real pleasure to to be here and I think it, you know, it's probably worth me just signposting your listeners to you know a couple of, of resources because April's actually stress um, awareness month yeah so it's a great time to, to be recording this so I'd certainly suggest having a look at stress.org.uk um, that's run by the stress management society who have spun up the stress awareness month loads, loads of resources there I don't really like to tell people to google this topic because it can be a bit of a wild west but you know, obviously there's lots of resources out there, but as we said earlier, if you're ever unsure and you your stress levels are, mani- are manifesting themselves in a way that you don't feel comfortable, my advice really is talk to your doctor, talk to a medical professional, you know, engage a mental health charity. Don't rely on the information that you find on Google unless you can be absolutely certain of its source. No, absolutely. That's really great advice. And thank you so much for all of this valuable information um, on this, as we both agree, a huge and important topic. Um, And it just leaves me to say thank you to everyone who's listening to the SEO Mindset podcast. It's a weekly podcast. New episodes go live every Thursday. And if you've enjoyed this, then please do subscribe and leave a review as well. That'd be great for us to, to see that engagement. You can reach out to me on tasminsuleman.com or on my Facebook page, again, tasmin.suleman, where I share lots of tips and advice on mindset, reflection, mental health, and, and so much more. So, again, thank you so much, Nick, and, and um, just leaves us to sign off now. Thank you for having me.